Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. And Everton are playing the first time for the Blues, certainly in the Premier League, Friday Night Football. Sky's uh, tentacles have wrapped around Goodison. And we're getting ready for a new experience. I don't know if you saw the Echo website on Wednesday. Me and Phil did uh, argued for and against it. Phil, the curmudgeon, the Penrith moaner, wasn't, <laughs> having, wasn't having it, doesn't like it. And I was a little bit more up for it, but in truth... I think I can see where, where Phil's coming from in the inconvenient stakes for some fans. But it's here, nonetheless, and uh, it's certainly some good news for our two American friends who are with us this afternoon as well, Marshall Lamb and Dave Kurtz, who are going to be there at Goodison tomorrow. Uh, and we're joined as ever by Tony Scott, Gavin Buckland, and as I said, our Everton correspondent, Phil Kirkbride. Phil, we'll start with you. Um, you forgot to say I'm a man of the people. Man of the people. Yeah. <laughs> Sticking up for the fans. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. TV, Greg O'Keefe. <laughs> screw, screw them. <laughs> I want to be there on a Friday. Drink beer. Um, yeah, so obviously, Phil, you know, we've, we're going into this game with the knowledge that it's an international break coming up next. And mm. it feels like a, a fixture Everton can't afford to lose. Certainly, a win would restore the optimism. But after last Saturday, it's, um, it feels must win. Yeah, it does weirdly, you know, and even though it'll be our only seventh game of the season, I think it, and you don't want to get carried away, and you know, the manager's been very, very keen not to lurch from one extreme to the other. But I feel for the sake of momentum, and yeah. that's a word I think he's used, and you know, the players have used back at Goodison. I, I just feel that after, if we'd have gone to Bournemouth and been unfortunate or played well and it just hadn't been our day, I think there wouldn't have been as much kind of scrutiny or pressure, but. A degree of anxiousness about about Friday night. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do feel it is. I don't want to say must win. It's too early for that. But it's important to to not lose. Then I think is the best way. And at least head into the international break with a degree of positivity restored and and an ability to reflect on again a break and reflect on what has been or what hopefully we'll be able to say has been a a very very good start. Yeah, I mean, we were awful against Bournemouth without sort of dwelling too long on that because obviously it's been and gone, but um, we're podcasting on Thursday. So without Leighton Baines and certainly with a not even half-fit Gareth Barry, all of a sudden big question marks uh, rise about that side. Certainly the performance of the first 45 minutes. You do look the shadow of the team, that what we've witnessed this season. So for me, although I do agree with Phil that Everton have to put a performance on on Friday night in front of the cameras front of the fans, they've got to do it because what we've seen last week weren't Everton. They weren't at the races, they weren't one player. Even just a guy, he looked a shadow of himself, you looked at them and think, what's wrong with them? It looks as if the players have been out on the air all night. There was no I was trying to think of reasons behind it. There was I could I didn't see it coming at all. And I could understand if they played well and they got beat by a world class goal, fair enough, they never they got battered. And Ronald Cumor surprisingly Came out second half. He started supporting this team, but I weren't having it yet. Bournemouth created, never created much second half, but he's done all the damage in the first half. He didn't really have to. It was poor from Everton. I'm expecting, I'm expecting a decent result, as but more importantly, a performance to please the fans going into the international break. Because we've got Manchester City, the first game of the international break. You're not looking to get much from there either. So you don't want to be going on the back of two defeats and then Crystal Palace and then Manchester City. You need to get a result on Friday. Can I, sorry, can I just interject? Uh, call me naive, and I know where you've come from from there, so about Man City. It'll be a, a really tough match. But I'm going there more confident than I would did last season about getting something. Um, 
I don't know. Is this because they've got a few players injured, or what? no? I just, I think? just think we're 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 better equipped to actually go there and get something. Yes, we hung on for a nil-nil in the league there last season, but it was, you know, we were hanging on for about eighty-five yeah. minutes, weren't we? I, I'm not. Look, I'm not stupid enough to say, yeah, we're definitely going to go over there and batter them. But I'm I'm less. Worried? If, if that, if that I right? think what will help Everton is that I think they've got Barcelona on the Wednesday. They play Everton yeah. on the Saturday, 15th, and they play Barcelona Wednesday. So hopefully they got a point yesterday against Celtic. So yeah. they may be thinking, I may have to rest one or two plays, maybe in Aguero for the Barcelona, mm-hmm. which will earn Everton's chances. But going back to Frey and Friday, a performance for the fans who are watching on the telly and watching at Goodison Park is more important than anything. Say for argument, if you were to get beat against Crystal Palace or draw, I think if the fans see the team having a right good go, that would mean more to them than the actual results. Gav? Um, it's a bit of a... I, I'm, I'm with Phil on this one. I think a draw would be... I'd, I'd take that. I think Palace are... They're in good form, aren't they? They've won three and so on one of the last mm. four games. Uh, traditionally difficult to put for us. They're a bogey team I think they won two and drawn one the last three three visits. Albeit Balassi has done a lot of damage in those three games <laughs> playing for us. Um, She's in the home dressing room this time. One yeah, to the away one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think um, I know what you're saying, but the result, the results, everything, and the performance really doesn't matter to me as long as we get a decent result. I'll settle for a draw. A win would would be nice. But the one thing you don't want to do is uh, is get beat because that'll be three defeats on the spin, won't it? With uh, the international break, you don't want to go into the international break with that, with that, uh, with that run behind you. But it'll be a tough game. Palace are uh, they're a bit of a sticky team, are they? Under Pardew, and I think it'll be they'll be really difficult to pull. But this was a well. Palace team that conceded. Two. I know, yet they yeah, won three yeah. two, but Sunderland scored two goals past them, and they never looked like scoring past us. Sunderland did the other week. They still won three two, though, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I know that, but they, they, you can't get goals yeah, past yeah, them, I, can't you? They are leaky. Yeah, I think they've yeah. got a they've got a style of play that's difficult as well, haven't they? Mm. Which we all know. And I would, Tinkers around with it, and I just, I just think it. just for whatever reason, they just make it difficult for us at Goodison, and I think um, that will, I think, will 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 sort of influence the game as well. So we've we've heard today, haven't we, that Leighton Baines isn't going to play again. Kuman stressed he's not going to risk a, his hamstring. I think he said if it was the last game of the season, something riding on it, he'd play. But as it isn't, uh, and there isn't particularly, he's not going to risk it. That means. Probably Oviedo, or he plays three at the back. Maybe we have Funes Mori coming back into the team. What would you do? I'd rather play Funes Mori there. I just think Brian Oviedo. If I was a if I was a right winger playing against Brian Oviedo, I would fancy my chances nine times out of ten. If I was playing against him, I bet he'd a Bournemouth winger when he finds out that Oviedo was on the pitch. He's right, I'm hitting him all day long. And anyone would. I think Oviedo. He's not even. I think when he first came to the club, he was creating lots going forward. Whereas defence needed obviously patching up, but he's not doing either now. And he, he's a sitting duck for wingers now. They're looking at him going, I'm taking him on all day long. So for me, I'll play Funes Mori more to do with his physique as well, because you've got Ben Tehig on the pitch as well. They're going to be lumping balls in the box left, right, and centre. They're going to be dangerous from set pieces. So I think with more big units in the box, Jagielka, Williams, Funes Mori, we're going to be needing them more than anything. Would you play three at the back? You know what you're saying? It's a good argument too. The only problem is though, if you play three at the back, you, you would, would you play it back. Yeah, that's you the trouble. You the problem, maybe, maybe Lennon. Well, me to switch him. Why, why yeah, wouldn't maybe. you play? Why wouldn't you play Oviedo left wing back? Bear in mind what Tony's just saying. He is he is better sort of a bit further up the pitch. 
isn't he? Probably a bit more suited to that role rather than being a fullback, where he's got to defend a lot more. Uh, I think I, I could see it working with three at the back with Funes Mori's the left hand side centre half as he did against Tottenham mm. and playing Oviedo who's the wide left back. I just, left, left, you know, I just uh, think Townsend or Punchin would fancy the chances against Oviedo all day long. But you're not they would... with three at the back you're not necessarily facing but you could end time, up yeah. the way Palace play. You could end up pushing them full backs, right backs. You could be end up fitting with five at the back. That's the way. That's way. I think you'll play probably play into Palace's hands if you play three at the back. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. As you say, it's got its advantages that you've got three central defenders. Yeah. Who, and Palace are quite a physical team, but you know the agricultural. <laughs> well, Scott Dan always scores against us at Goodison, yeah, doesn't he? You know, um, um, I think so, Scott's injured, to be fair. Yeah, it's true, yeah. yeah. He'll still score. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Still score. Um, but then, no, just to say that they are, they are strong on set pieces, aren't they? So. I think the problem with Oviedo, I think the big issue for Bournemouth was that he looked what he was, and that's a player who hasn't played hardly any time in this system under this manager, in this way of playing, in this way of pressing the ball. He was neither here nor there half the time. Mm. And that was the big problem. He sometimes would go too high and he'd be right under Ashley Williams who's trying to win a header yeah. and leaving all the space behind him. Or he's, he's basically on Stecklenburg's toes and so Bournemouth have got to run at him. And that was the problem. And hopefully this week, with the realisation that Bainesy wasn't going to be fit, they've really worked on that with him. And I'm hoping that he will be improved. I, I agree. I think he's got issues. Mm. But I'm hoping for an improved performance anyway. I felt from a bit there, Phil, because you spoke to Leighton Baines a couple of weeks ago and he explained to you this is a 31-year-old England international who, for my money, has long been the best left-back in the Premier League. And even he explained to you the difficulties with playing the way Koeman wants you to play in terms of this high press when you're a full-back. Just yeah, there's some other nuances. You know, he Basically, in a nutshell... He was saying you've got to have the confidence. You've got to almost override your kind of natural reservations about potentially leaving space behind you, potentially even your centre-half partner in, in trouble to go and press because if we're going to become a pressing team, you've got to get through that kind of barrier, so to speak. And you've got trust to, the players around you. Yeah, you've got to trust yourself. And yeah, there will be times when the opposition play around you or you slip and, and you know you, you get done. But obviously Ronald has got such a... Um, uh, steadfast belief that this is the way we've got to do it and if time will tell and we, and we will become a pressing team where we don't get done because we're that quick we're that fit we're that aggressive that teams won't be able to get around us but the growing pains are you have got to do it and Bain said there have been times when he's he's had to second guess himself but knowing that the manager wants him to do it he's just had to go for it With Bain's being injured Greg obviously we've seen Garabadi was touching goal he carries on Lukaku would this be a perfect moment? Would the, the squad's looking really thin at the moment, isn't it? Would this be a perfect moment to see a Dow, a Davis or John Joe Kenny come into the fold on Friday? I would love to see what we finished this. I was surprised that Davis and Dow weren't involved against Norwich in the League Cup. Um, maybe not so much that they weren't involved against Bournemouth, because I think Koeman's already more or less hinted that he's not someone who's... Whereas Martinez would put them involved in big games and just sort of say to them, go ahead and take this opportunity. Koeman is a bit more... Uh, he values experience, I think, more over this raw potential. But for me, Davis, when he came on against Bournemouth last season at Goodison Park, and yeah. certainly when he started yeah. against Norwich, it didn't look to me that experience was an issue. Yeah, he's a bit raw, but there weren't any errors that I saw that were... Played in Sunderland as well. Exactly. So I'd like to see at least 
one of them on the bench. And if they're not, I'll be disappointed really. And I wonder where Koeman's coming from. The, the problem is, and unfortunately for Tom, if Barry's fit, and obviously Idrissa Gay's fit, can you afford to, to put into the squad a young central midfielder and use one of your subs up in a position that we probably won't really need him? You yeah, show for yeah. Dowell then, Phil? Well, Dowell's a... Yeah, for yeah, me, I'd have him on the bench well, he, as a better he, option he, than Coney, for me. He plays in a position that you would say we are lacking strength in depth, but I guess the judgments of the managers isn't, and whether, he, whether he's seen in the training sessions and pre-season that the, he's, he's ready to make the step up and make a difference in the Premier League. Now, I, I think Kieran, I think he, you know, he's dropped back into the 23s mainly now. I think he still trains with the first team during the week, and he played well on Monday night um, when I watched him. He wasn't the best player on the pitch as he had been towards the end of last season when we were all calling for him to, yeah. to mm-hmm. play. So I'm just going on what you know mm. his performances I've seen. I wouldn't say he's. Don't get me wrong, he hasn't gone backwards or anything. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's, he's still a really yeah. talented young player, but is he physically up to what Ronald wants? You know, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a slender lad. He's, he's still growing. He's still going to bulk out, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, and if you look, sorry, Gavin. Sorry. You know, He's, he's one player I think now needs a loan move. I think in January when they're looking yeah. at it, I think he needs to go and play championship football against men mm. or, or League One football and experience that week in, week out before making the jump. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I think, well, going back to what we were saying before, it's a, like, okay, not a must-win game, but certainly a must-not-lose game. And in that environment, do you want to be risking a few players with who are inexperienced when actually the results is massively important to you. It's maybe like a, a different game when you want to do that. I know it depends what shape you play as well because if you play three at the back you've got to you've got to offload somebody haven't you in in the midfield mm-hmm. as well. So that, that might come into it. To me, and and I was looking, you know, uh, the press conference today and what, what's been said during the week is, you know, we talked about a lot about pressing and I know Phil Jackie was talking about defending and, and stuff like that. But football's a bit more than that. Okay, we do need to rectify that. It's about what we do with the ball when we have got the mm. ball. And to me, Norwich and Samuel on Bournemouth on, on Saturday, we didn't do enough mm. with the ball. No, I, think, I think we created yeah. the two attempts on target. One was the one was header from a yeah. free kick. Yeah. The one thing was Barry in the first mm. half from yeah. 30, 30 yards out. We haven't done enough with the ball mm. on occasions this season. Okay, you say you're pressing okay, fine, all that. And we need to do more dare I say, the three players around John need to be far more creative. Yeah. Which on, on, on Saturday, including the people who replaced them, we just didn't do enough. And I think that's sort of been lost a little bit. And the Palace is a counter-attacking team. Yeah. They're going to want yeah. to yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah. We're going to have 75% possession of this game and whether you can do anything with that will really dictate what's going <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. We'll really dictate what's going on. And, you know, look, as... Honestly, as uh, you know, someone who traveled great distances for this game, I, I want to see the really physical Everton mm. team. I mean, we we have men who can really throw it around on the pitch right now, and I you know the last couple of games we haven't seen that, and you know I really want to see them dig in and show. Yeah. I mean, we should be bold, bulldozing teams, especially that are smaller yeah. and you know and older than we are as well. Yeah. So, well, one player who certainly doesn't lack anything in physicality or at times in ability. And is the fulcrum of that three behind uh, Rom that you mentioned, Tony, you've written about him in, in uh, Buford and Bradstreet this week. It's the recurring theme of the podcast at the moment. It's Ross Barkley. Mm-hmm. 
He was by no means the only player, and I feel like I say this every every other week now, the only player not to perform on Saturday, by no means. So I wouldn't single him out for a second. But national, you know, naturally, some of the media down in the South Coast did ask about him, and Ronald got a bit pissed off, wasn't particularly keen to answer the question. But so, we haven't seen Ross Barkley as Ross Barkley for a long time, now, have we? We haven't. Um, we're waiting for him to just get a couple of games under his belt, and he got dropped, he got put in, and I don't see no what no effect it's done for him. You're looking at him, you're thinking, yeah. And I don't want to, is if, is if it's a witch hunt against him, it's not, it's far from it. The reason the focus is on him, because he's got more ability than anyone on that pitch. Anyone, he was blessed with more ability than anyone on that pitch, and he's not showing it. There's got to be reasons why he's not showing it. Now, is he confident enough? Is he, he seems a shy lad with the weight on his shoulders when I'm watching him. With all that ability, he's not showing it, and there's got to be reasons why he just needs dropping out the team. Does he need playing in the team? Does he need to go in the under-23? Does he need to go on loan? There's all different scenarios for him, but to put it bluntly, he's not deserving a place in the lineup. And for Everton to be up there, he's not pulling his weight. Off the ball, and as Gav's just touched on, on the ball, he's not doing enough. We've seen at Sunderland the other week, gave the ball away more time than anyone on the pitch. That's why Cumin took him off. And the difference was, when he took him off, Everton then became a better team because he was slowing the game down. When, he's off, when he was off the pitch, it was inevitable because Everton just pressed and supported Ron. Delafeu and Morales were up close. I don't know what went on against Bournemouth. It was a total disaster from what I was concerned. He weren't the only one on the pitch. It was an embarrassment from them all. But what I'm looking from is this season, he hasn't performed to, the, to what we know he's capable of. Something's amiss and only he knows. Marshall, are you surprised by Ross's lack of form so far? Because, you know, when he burst onto the scene back in 2011 and uh, in fits and spurts since, we've seen a player who's... Like we were speaking earlier about players that can capture the imagination of the global fan base, Barclays looked like he might Definitely. be that. that player. I think it's hard, for, you know, for for players to go through so many tra- you know changes, and there hasn't been much consistency in terms of, you know, the you know Martinez is out, the home form last year, the injuries. There hasn't been a consistent lineup, and for the pressure, of, you know, wearing the captain's band for the first time, you know, that there's been, you know, are, are you the leader? Are you not the leader? What day is it? Okay, let's put him back out there, and I think he's. He's, he, I don't know if he's suffering from you know, less confidence, but I think he's just suffering from, am I the man? Do, do I have to tell you I'm the man to be the man, or are you going to make me the man? I think he's struggling with that because he's struggling with so many other players. It's amazing to me that after seven games, we can think, oh, they've gelled. Mm-hmm. We're ready to go, yeah. and then someone gets hurt, and then somebody else gets hurt, and then you know, Delafeu doesn't play very well, and he was supposed to, you know, at the beginning of the season, look like he was going to be playing every game. But I think there's been a lot of uh, issues just around a consistent starting 11 and all the changes and the tactics. And it's, I think it might be hard. To, it's a slump. And you want to hope that he just has one goal, one game, and it's going to change everything. And look, he's been given a massive task on this squad, as he was on Martinez's squad. He's still a young guy. Um, I heard someone recently say, what we really need is Iniesta there, right? <laughs> you know, But Iniesta wasn't Iniesta at this age. And he, you know, you're, run, you're talking about running a, you know, this, this is an awesome car, right? It has amazing attacking, you know, can really get up to speed, but you got to be able to, the guy who's driving it has to be Ross Barkley. And look, he, he has the biggest task, you know. Pelasi's playing the wing. He knows how to play the wing. You know, Lukaku knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's not being tasked to take on everything. I, I kind of feel it's very similar to what, what's happening with Wayne Rooney right now. They, they were asking him to play a role that he's not necessarily 100% suited to. You put in Juan Mata and he does it. And, you know, maybe it's the, you know, Ross Barkley can learn to become that sort of 
player with the brilliant <laughs> passing. Yeah. But he's sitting at the wheels of a mm. Formula One car, mm. and we're going, you know, it's your seventh game behind it, and you don't know how to steer it yet. Yeah. Um, I, so I kind of, I've said a few times, I don't believe he is that number 10 in that, you know, for example, Iniesta, or we've said David Silva. I don't yeah. think he has that fleet of thought or the kind of in-game intelligence in that respect. I'd like to see him... I think you mentioned your piece. Ross is at his best where he takes the ball yeah. just outside his own area and he surges forward. He opens yeah. up those powerful yeah. legs and he runs at defences. I don't like him receiving the ball in the opposition 18-yard box and having to make quick decisions mm-hmm. because, and Phil said that before and I agree with him, it feels like he's been so overcoached in that role. He doesn't know if he's coming or going, like you yeah, said. Yeah. He's going one way, he's turning back inside, mm-hmm. he's second-guessing himself. And at the moment, he's neither here nor there and it's... It's crippling him in that sense. The problem is, if, if, if you want him to play um, deeper as a number eight or a number six, as, as they call it, who are you taking out that team at the present time? Yeah. Well, are, you, are, you, are you removing that insurance policy of Barry and Idrissa Gay? Are you playing 4 3 3 and making the attack less? You know, we're not overloading up front. You know, we really need, we need everything up front. We need four players up there, including Ron. It's, it's difficult. and... You know, I seem to chop and change with the Ross all the time, in my opinion. I'm not going to deny it. But if he is a young player, and we're still classing him as a young player, Somehow, then, yeah. but I'm not saying if. He's the oldest 23-year-old. <laughs> if we are putting him in that bracket, then we're going, well, then there should be no issue dropping him. Yeah. But the problem is, Ross is such under the spotlight that if he's dropped for Palace tomorrow night, yeah. it's, a story. it's the story, isn't yeah. it? If, we, if you don't win the game, or if you do win the game, it's... Done it without Ross, he's going to be left behind. Or you know, it's it's such a difficult position, but Cumin's got to be strong enough to make it. But but, but that, that's the added turn about Wayne Rooney. That was the story last week, wasn't it? With Wayne Rooney at Man United. My my take on it, and I think this, this guy said something. Was it last week? They were comparing Ross with Gerard Lampard yeah. and Scholes at twenty three, and like Ross's goals and assists, which is very American. Don't, but don't, send, don't send Wayne Rooney to America expecting him to sell t- tickets. T- t- <laughs> <laughs> well, Ross's stats, Ross stats look very good, you know, in terms of goal scored. And you say, well, actually, you know, he's comparable to them. The difference is, to me, is I take Scholes out because he's a better player than the other three. I take Scholes out of it. Compared to Gerard and Lampard, from the age of 20, like you could see like a development that, that they were developing year on year on year. So Gerard would be like 2000 to 2003, Lampard would be probably from 1999 to 2001. You could see the development. With Ross, he stagnated. So he yeah. was 20 in 2013, he's still pretty much the same player in 2016. So you can't see like a, 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 a in, in developing and, and you know changing his game and learning but new stuff. He, this he, is he's, about, this is, he's being taught, you know, again, one of the most amazing things, you know, I, the difference about American sports where we have franchises and a club is that this is a learning process, right? And you learn from Kuman, you learn from Martinez, you know, he, he's learned from all the youth coaches at Everton. And, um, and you know, each, each system is a whole new class. And you're right, he has to go out and get an A in all of it and, and, and progress in the system. And, you know, I think it's too early to say whether or not he has or has not progressed in the system. Yeah. But, you know, he has a lot to learn. You're right. I think, uh, yeah. Sorry, I think the problem is with everything. When I was, I was speaking to my dad about Barkley the other day, and he said, he needs put in under 23s for a couple of games, out the limelight, and then back in. I think Brendan Rodgers done it with Raheem Sterling. He gave him a break two or three weeks away 
from the first team, left him a couple of seasons ago when he was there. And I said, that, that's, that's all well and good. When Brendan Rodgers done it with Vacuum Sterling, he had Suarez, he had Sterling, he had places to do it. Everton, if Everton take Barkley out the equation for the next two or three games, what have they got in there to put in? What's their option? Absolutely. Who do they put? There's nobody else There's nobody. to create like well, he this, can do. This brings me back to what I wrote about after the game. Again, it's like bang on about it, but the failing of, of the transfer window, in yeah. some sense, it, it was an imperfect window as much as there were positives. The recru- re- recruitment of Balassi and so on and so forth. Ashley Williams looks a solid Everton signing. They didn't get that forward player that they need. They certainly haven't got another number 10. We've, we've pretty much all agreed that Kieran Dahl is probably where he needs to be at the moment yeah. with the prospect, as Phil rightly says, maybe going out on loan. I mean, Phil, what, what do we make of Anna Valencia? He came on again at the second half at Bournemouth. I'm, well, not, I'm not having him at, at the moment, but well, it's, early, I, it's early days. Yeah, it is early days. And you, you know, we speak about the current squad who've been with Koeman all summer, still learning and getting to grips with his way of playing. Anna Valencia's only played two halves or whatever it is. He played against Norwich, he played a full game, and came on against Bournemouth, came on against uh, Middlesbrough, Stoke, I can't remember. So... He needs a run of games, clearly. And he, he was another one of the players who said, I've never trained like this before. This is all new to me. It's harder than I've ever mm. had it. So, again, it's whether we can afford to carry a player who's feeling his way into a new system or do we have any other choice? I don't know. Um, I, I would be in favour of, of starting him uh, tomorrow. I would put him wide, either in behind Rom or wide left, get him stretching Palace, put Morales in behind Lukaku, because he seems to favour that. Yeah. You know, look, he started on the mm. left wing pretty much every game this season. Has practically played as number ten anyway. Yeah. And that and therein could lie some of the problem with Ross, because because Kevin doesn't stick to the wing. He hasn't had any chalk on his boots all yeah, all season. True, yeah. You know, how many crosses have come in from the left hand side? Probably mm. you can count on one hand, probably. I think the goal he scores at West Brom. It's coming inside. As yeah. Well, so it? you know, maybe that's an issue. You know, maybe he's cramping Ross's room. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I would start him in behind. I would put Balassi on the other side. Valencia on the other, wrong front of course, and go with that and t- and tell tell Valencia look, stretch them, just run. You know, he's not he's not the you know, most talented player in the world, of course he's not. But use your strengths, use your attributes, work your socks off, run them ragged. Let's see what we can do. Um, if it's not working, you got Jerry. He's still he always got a point to prove. Jerry mm-hmm. was he wasn't great, was he on? No, he was Saturday. awful. Yeah, Saturday. Mm-hmm. But you know. The that's, the way, that's the way I'd go. Oh, well, the, also, you've got Ross to bring on the, off the bench. Yeah. The game yeah. might be more open. Yeah. You know, that might be the key. No, but I, I think it's an interesting moment to look at Ross and look at all the fantastic the stuff he does really well and see how you fit that into the team. And like deep down, I've always said, yeah, you got to play him like Maradona. <laughs> Give him the ball, let him run at him. <laughs> well, this is it. And, but yeah. it's finding a role where you can afford to do that with, yeah, sure. you know. Phil, what's the state of fitness with Rom and Gareth Barry? Uh, both will play. I think yeah. I think Kuman had said both will play. Um, Barry's ankle is fine now, the manager said. So, yeah, they'll both play tomorrow night. Phil, do you sense, just quickly on Lukaku, um, his toe has been an issue, Kuman said, in his top table of his press conference, that it's still painful for him. Is he one of these strikers, dare I say, like Daniel Sturridge, who has to be pain-free, 100% mentally happy, you know, is he someone who doesn't really perform best when he's he's carrying even a little niggle? Maybe I don't know. It's, it's, it tends to be more confidence with Ron, doesn't it? I think I think he feeds off performances. I think he comes alive when other people come alive. That's that's my impression of yeah. Ron. 
because very few times does he take the game by himself. I think he feeds off the energy of other players. So I think if Everton start well tomorrow night, Rome will start well. I think you two guys were there, just going back to Bournemouth last weekend, you two guys were there. What will have Ronald Koeman learnt about that performance? Well, certainly from my point of view, he will have learnt that they can't afford to not all press properly the way they did in that first half. They can't. Af- I mean, I watched, listened to his press conference this morning. Phil was there at Finch Farm. They made Bournemouth look like world beaters mm. because they left space between the lines for Bournemouth to sort of pick them apart. Harry Arter was getting talked up after the game. Jack Wilshire was getting, you know, brilliant mm. all of a sudden overshadowed Barkley. Yeah, they all played well. Bournemouth had a good, decent side. Don't get me wrong, and they, they were good value for their points. But for me, Everton let them, and that's the frustrating thing. Everton, man for man, is a much stronger team. And they can't afford these slow starts to continue. He's got to find a way to tap into that side, whether it's to wind them up beforehand yeah. or whether it's to really start making sure that the fitness is ready to go from a standing start. A cold, a cold start against Palace could be very costly. I think apart from Spurs at home this season, we haven't started very well in any of the games, have we? Do you think that's how does Koeman get that across to his to his players? Because it's, it's a concern, isn't it? We're, we're having to go behind. All the time to get back into games. Well, hopefully, hopefully Saturday was everything he needed to say because it was it was there. They got away with it, gone behind against West Brom, gone behind against Borough. You know, slow start against Sunderland. You know, yeah. it was nil nil, but yeah. you know they were terrible. So they got away with it, didn't they? Uh, they didn't get away with it against Norwich. They didn't get away with it against Bournemouth. So I don't think he'll need to say too much on that front. Um, and maybe you know. I'm still not in favour of Friday night football, but maybe, maybe <laughs> under the lights, maybe there'll be a, yeah. the place will be alive at kickoff, and maybe that that'll help. Interesting. What do you think the atmosphere will be like? It's the first taste of the Friday night football. I think it'll be terrific. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah, I'm absolutely brilliant. The lights are going to be on at Goodison Park. I hope. Now, and, and don't forget, Goodison has got to pull its socks up as well because it's not been mm. the bear pit enough over the past sort of season and a half, and there's been good reason why. But I think sometimes Everton fans have got to say, well, Martinez has gone now. We've got to take a little bit more responsibility for getting those players up as well. You shouldn't have to, and it's the whole chicken and egg thing, they're professional players, but we've all got to pull together and got to make sure that even if Everton do have a slow start, that atmosphere stays Yeah, because there's, there's an interesting thing tomorrow. Clattenburg's the referee, isn't he? Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, history with Everton, but he's got the history with Palace, hasn't he? Because he refereed yeah. the Cup final, didn't he? And did not like yeah. So, uh, it'd be interesting to, to see what happens there uh, with Clattenburg. Particularly that his first game ever left in the Premier League was Everton against Palace, wasn't it? That was his first one in 2004. Top statting. Yeah. So there you go. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> but it'd be interesting to see, because that, the, the, the Middlesbrough game, you mentioned that, Greg, didn't you? The, the, yeah. the atmosphere is completely different after the yeah. refereeing decision. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. uh, you know, and, and the Pokes things. the bear, doesn't it? It'd be interesting to see with, with Clattenburg being the referee tomorrow and the people be having his eye on him, giving a lot more maybe attention than normal. Whether, like, as a consequence, there might be a bit of atmosphere on, on the back of that, but it shouldn't take a referee to do that, but sometimes it does. I've know? found that watching Everton for years, Gabba takes the slightest thing involving a referee yeah. to get the crowd. Any sense of injustice? Yeah. Or... You remember Phil Neville, he would tackle yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo that time, and it, it just it tends to come from it, but I think. It'd be an eight o'clock Friday night. There's going to be no excuses for it. Not to be a good atmosphere. Yeah. And this, in this club, these specific players, we came over last year for uh, the FA Cup uh, quarterfinal against Chelsea at night, yeah. and <laughs> followed by the Arsenal game, oh, which right. was 
Ugh, the beginning of the two end, contrasting right? worlds. Yeah. So, but they played that Chelsea game with a chip on their shoulder, right? Diego Costa was in their face. Yeah. They played that game with a chip on their shoulder, and they played so hard. And the next week they came out and played so soft. And it was, you know, they. This is a team. If you get the chip on their shoulders, and I can't. We're Americans. We're not going to talk tactics around you guys yeah. that much, but. We know when, you, when they play with the chip on their shoulder. When Rom says, "I'm That's, taking you on," yeah. like please poke the bear. That's what you I mean. know. Rom needs to feed off something. All of yeah. those guys, because they are physically superior than almost all the Premier League teams right now. They should be running these guys down. They should be just stepping on everybody. Yeah. And if they come out with that attitude, they'll do it. And there's been so many bad habits, I think, over the last season and a half. And it takes time to break those habits and create good new solid habits. And I think. You know the new manager. So far, I think if, if you know he's set a really good precedent, a really good system in place, and we've seen time and time again, if Lukaku can stay on side, <laughs> the team does better. It's a very simple game. Yeah. Uh, no, but I, I think that, out, that happens. If Ross comes out with a chip on his shoulder, he's a physically imposing guy who can take on. You know, his his opposite is, you know, David Villa and guys who can physically dominate, right? And mm. and. If he comes out with the chip on his shoulder, rather than the, oh no, I'm going to play in front of the home crowd. What's going to happen? Yeah. Are they going to boo me? Am I going to have a worry? You know, and that that's a lot to do with the fan base. Yeah, and if, and if he comes out like that, he's a different player. If he gets the ball in the first three minutes and just takes off, <laughs> the crowd gets into it, mm-hmm. right? Even if he just falls down and the ball goes somewhere else and he trips over himself, at least the crowd's engaged and seeing it something dramatic right off the the go. Yeah. I just want to touch before we do predictions, Marshall. Yes. You mentioned Rom there, and you know, we did laugh. But for me, I'm just, it just frustrates the living hell out of me sometimes. Are you are you buying into Lukaku as, as this centre forward who we're lucky to have kept hold of and could have gone to Juventus or Bayern Munich? Do you think he's the real deal? Or I think he's the real deal because he scores goals, right? For the age he is, he scored more goals than anybody else. But again, I think you know these, these guys are very sensitive. It seems yeah. you know that they have to be pampered in a way that you know they can do no wrong, even though you're offside every time. Mm-hmm. That if you can break the habit and you get into good habits of not being offside, and you can actually score goals. I mean, with his back to the goal, it's it's. I don't like to see that because you don't think it's going to go anywhere. It's just everything's just going to dissolve. It's going to go back to the end of the. No, the but he pitch. needs the Ibrahimovic attitude of I'm the best yeah. player on the yeah. pitch, and most times, phys- you know, he has the gifts to be that guy, and and he needs to say I'm going to mow them down like yeah. he did at Chelsea. He, he said I am winning this game. I'm better than Diego Costa. He's being a jerk. He, I'm taking him down. He gives he gives too many centre halves too much respect. Yeah. He did He did the Bournemouth centre-halves. Phil, Phil, Phil nudged me at the Vitality Stadium and said, watch this guy, Callum Wilson, for Bournemouth. Mm. He was playing on Ashley Williams. He was upsetting Jaggy Elka. Now, here's a guy of, I'm not going to say limited ability, but probably nowhere near that, the, the ability of Ross, uh, Rom, sorry. Mm. But he, the contrasting afternoons that they gave their opposite numbers couldn't have been more stark. Well, he was, he, he, he wouldn't have come across in the highlights, but... He was pulling shirts. He was niggling Ashley Williams. You know, just try to rile him a little bit. You know, it's all very smart play. Now I know Rom's a gentle giant. He's a nice guy. Yeah. He's, he's a lovely. He's a lovely fella. But just get a bit nasty. You know, let let's grit your teeth and let's just you put himself about. That's what you want to see, like he did at Chelsea, against Chelsea. That's yeah. I understand that, but if he starts doing that, <coughs> going down that route. Don't you think it'll take something away from his casual game? If he starts getting riled by centre halves and taking his mind off, he's riling them. He's being clever. Not not yeah. being like Costa, reactive all the time, yeah. no. but being clever, cynical, 
and really getting into the Do you think he's actually got that in his locker? Well, I don't. Obviously, he, he seems it. by nature to mm, be yeah. a laid-back, you know, kind of. He does plays his own game. But I'm just saying, that if you look at someone who's nowhere near his, where he's at in ability, yeah. Callum Wilson, did the contrast to tell you what it was. I think there's yeah. a kind of, and I don't want to be putting words in his mouth, but I kind of feel with Ron, there's almost a he sees football very purely in a pure kind of. It's aesthetically pleasing sense, you know, great goals, passing skills. Yeah. The FIFA game, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that FIFA mentality. <laughs> but the reality is football's not like that. You've got to be, you've got to be strong and tough, and that's, that's the base for everything, surely. But, but isn't that what we're paying Keane £6 million a year mm-hmm. for, to, sort, yes. to have yeah. a word and get him to play like that? I mean, yeah. OK, it's up to Rom, 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 you know... Does the doing, as you would say, but it's up to Cumin, isn't it, to, to be his mentor, psychologist, or whatever you'd say, and get him to be like that to, to wind him up, isn't well, it? It's a good know, point. To be fair, for all his faults, his agent actually quite good at that. Yeah, yeah. You made the first kick, right? So not me, no Raiola. There's been a couple of occasions where Rom has actually revealed that Raiola has said to him, "That's not good enough. You know, you need to be this, this, and this." So it's obviously not something that just us. You know, supporters see. You know, people close to him are aware of it and are telling him so. You'd fancy him to score tomorrow, wouldn't you? Well, I did anyway. last season, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm. Right, let's uh, let's get the predictions. So we'll start with you. What do you think? The uh... I think there'll be goals in it. I really do, especially. And I think I'll be all playing, and I think that'll be causing the damage down that side. I think whoever plays down there, whether it be Punching or Townsend, it's going to have a field day. I can see Palace scoring, but I can see Everton scoring more than them. So. I think Evan will win by four goals to two. Gav? Uh, a bit of a historical thing here before my uh, prediction. The this swap. The, uh, <laughs> this is the first Friday night league game we played when it's not been on a holiday uh, since August 1984 when we played at Chelsea. And we'd lost the previous two games uh, that season. Oh, I like and where this Howard, is going. Howard said, and to use Phil's words, we're not going to get beat tonight. That's, that's what he just said for should be a manager and, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, Sign him up. and Kevin Richardson scored and we won 1-0 so I'm, on that basis I'm going with a 1-0 win for that Phil um, 2-1 I think we might have to come from behind again I think it could be a case of having woken up abruptly my concern is that Zaha could be back in the squad for them and if he plays in the right wing as you say so yeah. I think we'll come from behind and win 2-1 I think so, it's be a, the pessimist, but we'll draw. I think we'll probably end up having to stick with a point and it'll be two all. And very last but not least, Marshall and Dave. Marshall? Well, speaking for the away, away support. <laughs> the home, away, yeah, away. Home, 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 away, home, away. Home, the whole American uh, the country. And I just want to give a shout out to the San Francisco Evertonians at McTeague's in San Francisco. And thanks again for having us here today. I think. Friday Night Lights to me means, you know, national television. Everyone's had several beers before the match. Say what you will about it being on a Friday night. I think it's going to be exciting, one of the most exciting matches since 1984. <laughs> good at least. Yeah. So, you know, I think the Belgian connection will come through and we'll, do, we'll win 2-0. Uh, Morales will score and uh, Lukaku will score. I like that, Dave. Come on. I'm, I'm going, yeah.